Hello, and welcome to Weary Dads. I'm your host, PJ Weary, with my co-host. Dad, I, I'm actually thinking. It's so a good, It's a new start for me <laughs> as you're talking. So today, uh, kind of a loose series. We're thinking about what matters, what we want to pass on to um, our kids or grandkids or great-grandkids. And to you. We want to pass it to you. And we, we've been talking a little bit about constructing a morning routine. And I used to... It, it, it is passe in some ways, like, like something you hear all the time, but you hear it all the time because it works. Um, uh, a good resource for a lot of this is Andrew Huberman, probably saying his, I think that's how you say his name. He's a Stanford psychi- a psychologist uh, or psychiatrist. Uh, and, he ta- and he really talks about how to, like successful um, neuroscience, basically. So he gives, a, and for him, he talks a lot about morning routines and bedtime routines and the way that that affects um, just the way you live. Um, so we'll talk about different, you know, he, he talks about getting natural light in the, in the morning and limiting our artificial light at night so that you can sleep well. Those are all important things for sleep. But then he talks about, uh, obviously, physical exercise in the morning. And he talks about mental exercise, doing something hard mentally when you first wake up. Uh, And so the thing I would want to add to that that he doesn't talk about, but I think it would kind of come under that mental, is spiritual um, orientation, spiritual exercise in the morning. So the first thing we want to talk about this morning routine is how to do your devotions. And we want to talk about what we do, but we also want to give you some ideas so that you can make your own morning routine because not everyone is going to do the same thing. I have found different things work for me. But before that... No, you, you, you went way too long. We had no sponsor. No like, sponsor. You no, so you're so excited, which this is good because if I was sitting out there in the crowd, I'd, be, I'd have bated breath like, wait a minute. But we have a scented candle from last time. This time we can't have the candle without striking a box match by diamond and diamond matches uh do a great job um lighting uh your fire so come on baby light my fire there we go (laughs) that's our so our sponsor today is diamond so i love everything you said yes um i have done way too much reading on this research i use michael hyatt's Full focus planner. Yeah. And I'm going to throw these four things out, folks, and we will not digress from the spiritual. But he talks about four different types of routine. He talks about a morning routine. He talks about a morning work routine. He talks about an afternoon work routine and then an evening routine. Mm. I'll just give you a, like a, a, a quick evening routine for me. Um, and, and this is uh, because I do so much people work during the day a.k.a. phone calls, connecting with people, investing in people, uh, whatever, I will do in the evening some work. And somebody will say, well, wow, that's not good. No, it's not hard for me because uh, I'll put something on the TV, careful how I say this, that really is just numbing. My wife enjoys, and I both enjoy, like, uh, detective shows, um, Murdoch Mysteries. So we'll do that, and I will it's a great do show. yeah emails and Salesforce. Then and Salesforce is our way of keeping track of things. But also in the evening after dinner, I try to go for a fifteen minute walk. It's good for digestion. It's good for refocus. It's just good. But there are so many different things. 
that you can go to. And we'll begin this session on how to build a spiritual routine in a yeah, morning routine. Absolutely. So I kind of want to give like a, a framework and uh, I'd love to hear some of this is going to be learning styles is going to be involved. Um, personal goals, I think are really big. Um, so for me, you know, like eventually ordination is a thing and like, mm -hmm. that's like, so my views on Bible study are going to be more intensive than the average layperson, right? Um, and that's just part of it. And so you have to look at what your goals are and how that fits. But for the framework on how to create your own kind of devotional plan, um, I'd say you, it's good to really have one each of these four things. Prayer, meditation, Bible in some form, whether that's reading or a study, and then I would say discipleship. And what I mean there is I'll say discipleship from the dead. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be from the dead, but uh, discipleship uh, from distance, that's what books are. At the end of the day, um, we don't realize that books are literally time machines. So if you think about that, like, the per like if you write a letter to yourself, you are talking to yourself from the past in many ways. Yeah. And so this is how we get to interact with people who have a, a, a different viewpoint and different wisdom and it, and it passes down over time. And I think that it's good to have that input from other people. So we got done last time talking about community. And so we talk about investing in community. Well, there's a community still that's investing in us. Yeah. And it's a community of saints beforehand. So when PJ was talking about this, so he mentioned prayer, he mentioned meditation, the importance of scripture, and then um, he mentioned you know growing from the dead. I also have uh, all of that correlating with two other things. Uh, it, oh, he said discipleship, right? That was from the dead. And I will tell you, for me, discipleship, some of my Bible study is to have that, remember what we talked about last time, wisdom time with my two grandsons. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get a nugget. And might I add, when you're dealing with a five and seven-year-old, you better have a nugget. Do not get a, <laughs> a brick. plethora of nuggets. <laughs> Do not go and think you've just struck the mine because they will only remember one thing. And the truth is, we make fun of this generation, say they can only remember one thing. We are part of this generation. <laughs> and so I sometimes can only remember one thing. But I think journaling is also part of that. But that is no matter what I'm meditating, reading. So let me... Folks, jump in. This is what I do. I wake up in the morning. I have a couple of things I do before I start getting in the Word. One of those, I drink a glass of water, okay? Yeah, that's a good uh, point. And that was somebody said, hey, man, you need to do this for your health, and they're right. I get a cup of coffee because um, I think somewhere in Leviticus it says you should have coffee before you read the Bible. Look it up. Yeah, okay? definitely Probably found not that. Probably yep. But <laughs> So I do that, and I start, careful, folks, I'm building momentum as I'm having my time with God. I'll literally read the daily bread. That takes me one to two minutes. I read the, you know, and I write down the, the top. I write down what the scripture is, so I remember it. And then I remember one nugget from that daily bread. I then read, and I'm reading a book by Dane Ortman, I think his name is. It's called Ortland. Ortland, it could be. That's what it is. This guy is unbelievable. It's been unbelievable. I read the book Deeper. It's called now I'm reading it, I'm, and folks, listen to me. I read one to two pages daily. John Wooden's dad gave him seven premises when he was younger, and he said, drink 
deeply mm. from good books. And yeah. PJ, last time in our, our podcast, mentioned this, and I want you all to hear this. He said, you make choices of what good and bad books are, what you're putting in your mind. And I'm telling you, this book, Deeper, is so good that I am now reading one to two pages of it, and I am reading it like I'm studying it. Great truths. I'm sharing it with people. The next thing I read, and if you've ever read any Paul Tripp and his New Morning Mercies, it will in some way challenge you. This is my way of challenging my, my mind. And the funny thing is I do a thread with myself, a friend of mine, Bill, and a friend of mine, Mark. We do this every morning. So now think about what that devotional thing is. It's not only I'm doing devo- some devotional thing, a thought. There's an, a, an outreach and a, a, uh, an accountability. When I just got back from Panama, when I was in Panama, I didn't have New Morning Mercy, so I did the best I could. I told them how much I appreciated what they sent, and I sent them from Ortland, uh, the deeper book. Then I go right into my daily Bible reading, and I use this uh, thing called the five-day Bible reading program. Um, it reads the entire Bible or just or, or just New Testament, depending on what you want to do, and I choose to do all of it. Um, and it's chronological in reading the plan, and it helps the Bible make sense. Um, and I will be honest, when I'm in the Old Testament, I don't soak it. I read it. <laughs> in the New Testament, I'm reflecting a little bit more. Yeah. And then all the while I'm reading that, I am journaling what I got from that. And I have a little journal that I keep that then leads to, on the left side, it asks me where my mind is at, what is something you're grateful for. So all of this is the beginning process. It takes me probably a half an hour to 45 minutes, depending on what part may uh, touch my heart and soul mind. I also did The Gospel Primer by Milton Vincent. I've read that probably 50 times, similar to doing The Deeper. When I get done with that, I then combine my exercise and prayer time now. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if I, at 5.30 in the morning... That's what I need to do. Close my eyes... I will have prayer with Pastor Pillow and Brother Sheets way quicker than I will with my God. So what I do is I go for a walk, and I want to give you this, and some of you will panic because you might not agree with like somebody's theology and all this, whatever, and I am saying it just like that. There's an app called Pray First, and it's really interesting. It's put out by the Highlands Church. They have the Lord's Prayer, the Tabernacle Prayer, the Prayer of Jabez, and... Um, there's a couple others. Those are my three favorite, especially the Lord's Prayer and the Tabernacle Prayer. And what it does, it's a guided prayer, gives you some thought, and then you can pray through, for, whether it be for government, your family, others. And it's not just ask, 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 ask. So it's now give praise to God. That Those prayers, and I only do one of them, takes me 20 to 25 minutes. I walk usually 45 minutes to an hour. When I'm done with that, you said this, the discipleship, then I put praise and worship music on. By that point, I need a little oomph to my walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? But also, I am now reflecting and meditating on, and probably, you know, every morning, folks, I'll probably listen to the song, if you've not heard it, by Maverick City, Gyra, you know? How can you walk and think of, not not give praise to God when when you think of the phrase where I think she says, um, talks about the uh, the lilies, I can't remember how it's so terrible. I can't remember this. But if he takes care of the lilies, how can he not take care of you? From the Sermon on the Mount. 
yeah, but I, I wish I could word it how she does it. Like, oh my goodness, whenever I hear it, I go, if he pays attention to the lilies, if he's aware of the sparrow, and those are not the right words, but it doesn't matter, folks, just hear me. If he keeps track of the hairs on your head. Which change daily for me. Me too. It's okay. getting there. <laughs> but, folks, and so I don't know how to say this. I don't even know how long we've already gone on this podcast, but I'm going to tell you. I start my day off with God. And it's hard to be selfish when you start your day off with God. I'm also, as I mentioned the last time, doing a Philippian study. We still managed to do it, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it is harder. <laughs> so, honestly, folks, one of the things I'm probably going to end up doing, this is not where we need to go totally on this podcast, but you need to hear this. Uh, when, when I got back from Panama, I said, man, I got to really increase my heart rate so that, you know, my um, pulmonary is better. So I'm going to walk a half an hour up to, we have a workout place. I'm going to do elliptical for 20 minutes, probably 15 at first, do some lifting and then walk back. When I'm walking up and walking back, walk up, prayer, walk back, worship. Yeah, it, you just said it. If you think about it. while I'm working out, I'd probably be in prayer that I make it, okay? But the fact is, I think you all can understand this. PJ's talking about certain disciplines and fellowships and, like, work routine. Before my day starts, my day's already started. It is started off right. There's a bang to that buck, I'm going to tell you. The five people you're around are the ones you're going to be most like? Yeah. You said that last time. Like, right. What if there's a six? No, go ahead. One of those people should be Jesus. Oh, that's the six. We'll say five friends in Jesus. Because <laughs> like Jesus isn't the average person. That sounds right. so almost heretical. But it, he's... Yeah. I almost just started to sing, what a friend we have with Jesus. Why would we spend time like with all other people when we could at first spend it with the Son of God? who loved us and died for us and craves. That's what this deeper book's been about. I heard a guy say this one time. He said, no matter what you've done or what you're doing right now, the worst spot you ever in your life, God's love for you never changed. Well, when you read deeper, I feel that way. Every moment I'm reading, I'm like, wow, this is who God is. Uh, it's awesome. And I think the first thing people hearing your routine, one, you need to create a routine that works for you. Like, so let me say, the reason I say that um, is your routine is challenging. Why? Because what you just described is an hour and a half to two hours, right? Right. So the first thing is, it doesn't have to be an hour and a half to two hours. That's correct. But don't limit yourself. The way that you get an hour and a half to uh, two hours, you know, it, I actually do more than just my devotions in the morning. I have, because of my responsibilities with the kids, I try and get other study done and philosophy and so on and so forth. The only way to create that kind of time in the morning is to go to bed. I was just going to say at it. night. We're and so bed. you're hearing that, and it sounds crazy. That's probably because at some point you're going to have to. You're, what you're the decision you're making is: Do I watch a second show? That's all it is. Do I watch a second show, or do I go to bed so I can get up in the morning and do this? We go to bed. My wife and I go to bed at you ten. You don't have to do an hour and a half. You don't have to do two hours. No. 
But if you don't do that second show, you got your 45 minutes right so there. So let me tell you what I would say to the, I was thinking yeah. about this when we were talking. Don't do what I do, but do what you do. Right. Okay. You don't have to do what I do. Like my buddy, Jim Good, who may even be listening to this because he's that type of guy. He's always, you know, growing. Jim, every morning walks three miles, prayer, worship, and in the afternoon he runs six. So Jim and I are very similar in the morning. <laughs> I just love yeah. that. I know he's praying for his family, for me, for others. I'm not going to do what Jim does, but I do something that I can do, and I do, I'm going to do it. Yeah. But what you do, folks, you do. Yeah, and make sure it's way better to do 20 minutes every day than an hour and a half once a month. And go back to what PJ said so you don't do that. Go to bed. Yeah. By the, by the way, folks, net, binging doesn't bring life. You yeah. will never catch up on all the good TV. Like, there's way too much going out. So let me, and I want to talk a little bit about what you said. And uh, I just want to help people understand what I'm talking about. And you actually challenged me here with something that you said. Uh, prayer, you should talk to God. Meditation, you should think deeply at some point about your life, about what God is speaking to you about. And so I think you need to create space for that. And this is not a mistake that I've made in the past. You need to spend time actually in the word of God. Because what I would do is, as I would read theology about the Bible instead of the Bible. And I think every day you need to spend at least a little time in the Bible. Have to. And then I would say discipleship. And, you know, I said from the dead, kind of tongue in cheek, but you mentioned it. Yes, you, you connect with other people and you put out during that time as well. And I think that's an important part. And this is where, so every time you talk about daily bread, every, so for me, I have some other people I, I listen to. That's what I mean by discipleship, is you are discipled and you are discipling. And so anytime you involve anyone else's view on scripture, I think that's important. And I think that you, that's what I mean by discipleship. So you need the, whatever those four components are for you, try and create those four. Um, for me, if you don't mind me talking about my example of it, uh, prayer for me is uh, talking to God about what's on my mind, what I have going on that day, um, stopping to actually adore him and, mm -hmm. and think on him. And that, you know, that, that blends in some ways with meditation. Uh, I think I need to do better about meditation and I need to do better about prayer. And I think what you said about walking while prayer, I might have to try that because uh, I don't fall asleep, but I get distracted oh, in the mornings. No question. So if I sit and I close my eyes, it's not as good. Um, I've tried journaling, and that often works for me as well. So you know, if you if you get distracted while praying or you fall asleep, try writing down what you're saying. I found that to be really helpful. Or try walking, like you said. Uh, and for me, uh, even adding things throughout the day here. You know, we know we were talking about morning routine. When I cook, I cook probably every day. I put on the Daily Liturgy podcast. I think that's really good. And it gives you different readings, and then you pray the Lord's Prayer. And I think it's good to have things that change every day. And you know what? There's something so centering about when I get to that point, and I pray the Lord's Prayer, and it just brings me back to this is like this, this moment, this re repetitive action about what matters. Um, and then for Bible reading, I do the Once a Year Bible. Uh, I'm not super great about keeping up with that. I need to do better. Uh, and then I'm studying Philippians and I'm reading, this would be the discipleship portion for me. I'm reading uh, the great systematic theologies of history. Um, if anyone wants to be part of that kind of process, 
they're welcome to like message us. Like I, I would definitely love like a, that's a journey I'm taking with a couple other people, good friends of mine. And I think um, just reading uh, and for me, that's part of my journey and what I want to accomplish, but also just uh, one deep diving in Philippians. Really good for me. Reading that, like what like you said, like you're, you're like kind of going through the Old Testament and you're like, it's just good to to be part of the like that narrative. And then really uh, deep diving from a discipleship level. And when you're reading someone who's put a lot of thought and care into their writing, like you're talking about Dane Ortland, mm-hmm. If you're having a hard time finding those five people that you need to be a part of, do not despair. If you can listen to this, you probably have, you have access to the internet. There are people that you can hang out with who are dead, but who have incredible things to share. So you've never met Dane Orland. No. But he's had a tremendous impact on you. Yes. And so if you spend that time on, if you spend that time in, the, in those books or with a specific author, they can be one of your five people. Right. And I, I, I do still think it, you, you mentioned it. You're reading the theological. Those are your five people, man. Like you're, you're shooting stuff like, did you think about this or did you... Um, and I, let me let me go back to what you said about the Old Testament. So I'm in Panama, and I I'm reading. Um, I think it's Isaiah, some Chronicles. It's all part of it, and it's basically about Zedekiah. And um, this was the point: Zedekiah was evil. Hmm. I mean, you can read all the different ramifications for that, but he was evil. And then his son comes up, and guess what? What a shocker! His son is evil. You know, you read the Old Testament, you'll see this over. And Hezekiah did that which was right in his own eyes. I mean, Hezekiah did that which is right in the eyes of the Lord. You almost go, yes, somebody I can want to read about. Yeah. The, the point is, I still need to reflect on that because there is a lot going on in the Old Testament in, in, in history where people did not follow Christ, did not follow God, did not follow the truths of his word. And there were ramifications for it. And so. I, we don't have to get super uh, political here. We don't have to name names. But I think any, everyone would agree that we at least have some political leaders at whatever level. I'm not saying who or like which positions. But we've all seen the ramifications if you have uh, immoral leadership and what effect it has on those underneath them. And so even when you're reading Zedekiah and you're like, what does this have to do with me? It's like this... This, it's nothing new. Right. There is nothing new under the sun. God is still in control. Which, by the way, if you read the Old Testament, you'll see that. And so you're thinking this. As you look at our country, people go, I, what is wrong with us? Well, it's called sin. It's yeah, called, it's, not, it's nothing uh, new. Right. <laughs> well, folks, as we've talked about morning routine, we've started our conversation really focusing on the spiritual. As you could tell, there's some blending between that and the physical. Um, in my case, PJ reflecting and saying, yeah, maybe that would work better for him. Point is, if I could say anything, you need to work at a routine, and your morning routine begins with that evening routine with what PJ said. Um, Go to bed. I think, yeah, well, <laughs> no, in Revelation, I think it says, Get your butt in bed. Oh, that's not it. That was me. <laughs> Get your, uh, people don't like to hear that. Yeah. Get, go to bed. And you say, well, I can't fall asleep. 
you'll if you don't sleep well the first night, you'll sleep well the second night if you get up early and you start working at it and doing some exercise and all that. You'll go to you'll sleep better. Go to bed. Seriously, go watch some of Andrew Huberman stuff. He has great stuff on like if you're struggling with sleeping, here's how to do it naturally. The difference between that and like I know a lot of people are on sleeping medication is it takes some training, so it won't work at first, but it will get there. Um, yeah, it's so good, uh, you know, even as we talk about this, uh, I mentioned this, and you know, you hear things over and over again, and then you realize not everyone's heard it. I was talking to a good friend the other day. Um, the good is the enemy of the best. And so I'm not saying that the second show is bad, but what matters to you? What are your priorities? And what kind of person do you want to grow and what kind of person you want to become? It's great. Go to bed. Love Thanks. you, Dad. Yep, love you.